G'day and welcome back once more to another episode of Man Reimagined. This week, myself and my good friend Richard Ailing are here with two special guests. Uh, we've got Chris and Jeff who are joining us today to, to talk about quite a, a special topic really and, and that is the, uh, we, we're going to discuss the experience of being a gay man. And so our two, two guests today are two gay men from different parts of the world and they're here to to share with us and enlighten us really the experiences that they've had through their life, um, the ups and downs and the journey that they've gone through um, at, at being a, a gay man, a gay man. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, that, that I've really noticed in, in, the, in recent times and in particular with the European championship that's been going on, there's been a lot, um, a lot of talk about, support for for gay men in particular or the the gay community lgbt plus community so it feels very fitting that today we are diving into the conversation ourselves so without further ado um chris jeff would you guys like to introduce yourself to the listeners perhaps chris if you'd like to start first yeah sure i'm, I'm chris chris Valet. i'm uh i'm a 42 year old uh, professional coach. That's what I do for a living. I'm originally from Belgium. I grew up in a small town outside of Brussels uh, in the Flemish side of Belgium. Moved to London when I was 21. Uh, kind of came of age there. Uh, lived there until I was uh, in my mid 30s, so until I was 36, about 15 years. And then since then, after that, I moved to Berlin for a few months. And since then, uh, so since 16, I've been back and forth. Uh, I've had pretty much three different homes that I switch in between. One is Bali. The other one is uh, here in Sweden, where I am right now. And then uh, back to London. So, yeah. And I am I identify as a cisgendered gay man. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Chris. And, and actually, I'm going to, one of the questions I'm going to ask you is about um, the term cisgender. And because and, I've got to be perfectly honest, it's something that only just popped up in my radar. And, um, and uh, in fact, I think Drew, my, my Drew might have been the first person I, I ever heard actually use that term. And it might be that I'm just well behind the ball, eight ball on that one. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Jeff, do you want to do you want to say good day? Yeah, good day. Um, I'm Jeff Alvey. I'm 52. Oh no, sorry, 51. Um, live in Auckland. I was brought up in Christchurch and Fiji. Um, I moved back to New Zealand when I was 18 after living in Fiji. Uh, 21 or 23, I moved to Melbourne, lived there till I was 35, and then been back in New Zealand since. Um, I work as a restaurant manager in the suburb of Avondale, where I currently live as well. Yeah. And I identify myself as a gay man. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. So, um, Rich, do you want to say good day and introduce yourself? <laughs> You've listened to this before, you know who I am. Hi, I'm Rich. Um, I identify as a straight man. And I'm very curious about this conversation. I'm really grateful that uh, two men are willing to step up and answer the call to actually speak to their experience. Um, we have a lot of questions and I, I'd love to actually just quickly clarify 
um, what cisgender means and, and, and open up uh, a more general question, which is around how men, gay men now identify, because th there's a lot of confusion for me uh, as a straight man that is, isn't connected into this world because of cisgender, there's cisgender, there's gay, there's, there's queer, there's a man who has sex with men. And these are all apparently different forms of identity. Um, and I'm kind of confused as to what they actually uh, mean, what the differences are and, and, and how, how you both actually uh, feel about these. Either one of you want to jump in there? Chris, go for it. Yeah, I was gonna say like I, I, I understand your confusion and I and I share your confusion uh, to some extent and that's not because I think the terms are confusing but that's probably more to do with my own ignorance a little bit sometimes uh, my understanding is so men who have sex with men is the, the kind of the general term of you know men who have sex with men but of those men not everybody will identify as gay um, so you know men who have sex with men are homosexuals and uh but they may well have you know uh, straight romances uh or, or uh so i think it's 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 how you identify um and um the cisgender is uh i guess to 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 um take into account some of the discussion at the moment around how one identifies as as uh, you know on, on the spectrum the binary spectrum male versus female and everything in between and i think the everything in between is actually something fairly uh recent um and the reason why i i specified i'm cisgendered is because i think it's worth bringing this into the conversation and uh because i think the <clears throat> some of the uh, st well, struggles that, that 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 I have had in the past, uh, maybe Jeff has had as well, are are uh, slightly different from what a twenty-year-old um, uh, gay man might uh, experience now. And uh, I think gender comes much more into it than it than it did when when I came out, for example. So that's why I I made that um, yeah I added that in, um, and also to demonstrate that I'm an I'm an ally of of uh, the trans community. And I think it's worth, um, yeah, I think it's worth being discussed. Beautiful. Um, could you also just clarify for me, maybe I missed it in there, but what cisgender actually means to a, a lay person that hasn't come across that term before? Yeah, so, so I, it means I put myself on the, on the, on the, on the binary scale. So I am, I am, I am a man. I'm, I'm male. Uh, that's, yeah. Does that mean I'm cisgender as well? Uh, if you identify as a as a as a as a male and not as a, as non-binary, for example, or as, understood, uh, then then you would be cisgendered. Yeah. Final question on this again, just to help me and, and potentially listeners as well. Um, so I technically that means I'm cisgendered. Why is it important that I say that I am cisgender? Is it is it purely to say that I'm I'm not? I don't identify as a, someone that's gender fluid. What's the what's the opposite of cisgender? I forgive my ignorance. You know. No, I think it's a good question. I would, uh, you could answer that. If you're not cisgendered, you can answer that question by saying you're queer uh, or by saying you're non-gendered or bi-gendered or, um, or just, you know, you could call yourself a, a, a trans man or a, a trans woman. Uh, there are, a, there's a huge spectrum there. And I think that's what the term cisgender does is it places you not on that spectrum. 
or on one side of the spectrum rather. Um, and, and it's not, you know, I, I, I don't go around introducing myself, hey, I'm a, I'm a cis uh, gay man, but I just thought in the context of this conversation, it's, 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 it's a good thing to point out. Um, yeah, anyway. Beautiful. And thank you for that. That's, um, this, this is valuable information, you know, to just know kind of what the conversation is about and what terms are out there at the moment when my life isn't uh, directly related and I don't hear so much of this just because I don't know, like maybe I just need to get out more. <laughs> um, Jeff, like as a, as, a, as a gay man that's slightly older and how do you respond to these terms and, and, and how do you identify and how does it affect you? Um, well, to be perfectly honest, I've never never heard of the word cisgender until now. Um, I, I, I'm pretty ignorant on the genders and the him and her people, you know, them, all that sort of stuff. I just, because um, when I was young, uh, you were either gay, straight or bisexual. That was it um, when I was growing up. Um, so I still have really hard time identifying with, with all those other genders as well um so um for me i am a gay man that likes to have sex with men pretty much that's me <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, yes that's, yeah, that's yeah. attracted to men yes so i'm um you know obviously jeff you and i you and i have known each other for for quite some time but um I'm really curious to know if, if you feel up to it, to just kind of talk to a little bit of your experience. You know, as you said, when you were, when you were younger, people were either straight, gay or, or bi. Um, but I'm curious to know what your experience was like um, as when, when, you were, when you were younger coming out. Because I, I can, my, my, my guess, and I imagine you know, 30, 40 years ago, when we were when we were young kids, it was a very different situation to how it is now. Uh, yeah, I, I think compared to now, when I was identifying myself as who I was, or, sorry, who I am, um, it wasn't the right, especially living in Fiji, wasn't the right place to come out as a gay man anyway, um, because society in Fiji where it's still illegal to be gay, um, you just wouldn't do it. Um, so that was really hard for me to do that. Um, I think I knew I was gay when I was about 15-ish, um, but I presumed that every man had the feelings that I have towards other men. Um, I didn't know any different. Um, I was trying to have girlfriends. Um, I wasn't sexually active until I was 21 um, on both accounts. Um, so, yeah, I just found that it was, well, living in Fiji wasn't the place to come out as a gay man anyway. So um, quite different now. Mm. When, when did you when did you move back or when did you move back to a country on, on New Zealand or Melbourne you said right when did you move to a place where it was where it was a, a more acceptable place to be to be gay and how was that transition for you um, I came back when I was 18 back to New Zealand um, and it was the hospitality industry that I'm in most of the men there are gay 
I would say. Um, so it was pretty easy to be around other gay people. And um, so I fitted in quite well. Um, not that I ever came out as gay. So, um, but yeah, it was, I found that. And then I moved to Melbourne to run away and to find myself and to come out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so so when you say run, run away, what was it? Do you want to, what, why was that? <laughs> um, well, I, had, I, was, I was probably too scared to tell mum and dad, um, the rest of my family, um, of what they were going to think. Um, it was easier to start a new life and when no one knew me as a gay person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. I can totally understand. I mean, it's... I think growing up and being of, of similar age, I, I kind of, I, I get that. And it sounds like that's a, a, a kind of a common, a, a relatively common story for, for men, your age, our age, my, you know, um, Chris, I mean, you, you're, you're 10 years younger. How, if you don't mind me asking, how was your experience in that, in that coming out and or discovering that you're gay and, and coming out? What was it like for you? I, I think um, a long, a long protracted period. I think it, it was my coming out period, and I, I, I remember realizing when at a, at a very young age, probably when I was four or five years old, that I was not like that. My attractions were not the way they should have been, or the way they they were expected to be. Uh, I remember that as a as a, as a child. Uh, it became very clear in my, you know, in my my early teenage years, for obvious reasons. Uh, and I remember making a very, very conscious decision of this is not going to happen. This is not going to be the case. I am not. I didn't. I didn't even say in my head I'm going to be gay. I'm not going to be gay. I just said this is not going to happen. So I, uh, I, I lived. Well, I tried to live the, the straight life through my teenage years. I. Uh, in one way, I was lucky to go to a, a boys' school, so access to girls wasn't really there. So I wasn't, you know, there wasn't too much pressure to have uh, girlfriends. Um, and uh, but also, I never really acted upon my urges uh, actually until I was twenty-one. So I did have girlfriends uh, when I, from the age of seventeen. Um, and uh, when I was twenty-one. I remember I had sex with a guy for the first time and it was like a revelation. I, I had to force myself to go and sit and meditate on it. I didn't know what meditation was at the time, but I, I guess I did it anyway. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is great. I want to, I want to have more of this. This is it. And that for <laughs> me, that was my point of coming out to myself. Like this is, <laughs> this is it. This is great. And, um, but then it still took a long time really. And it was a long process before I started coming out to others uh, my parents, uh, and I, it, it, it was made easier because I, I met a guy who became my boyfriend and it became easier to tell people that I had a boyfriend, at least in my head, than to say, I'm, I am gay. Cause you know, in, in hindsight, it, it, I guess you, you, you tell people, you know, that you're in a relationship, that's a positive thing as opposed to making it about your identity. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a gradual process. My, uh, I, I kind of came out to my dad twice when he 
discovered my uh, internet history like you really should never underestimate your parents capacity to work with computers uh and um and i denied it <laughs> look this is you know it's all part of my research my thesis it's uh uh you know it's it, it's you know pop-ups uh this is back in the early well no like late 90s and he and he and he took it he accepted it even though it was a clearly a lie because that's what he wanted to hear he didn't want to hear the truth um so yeah, and and it, when I say it's a protracted period, I, to some extent, I still feel like I, I this even this is part of coming out, you know. Like I'm 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 very open about my sexuality, and I've um, a, a bit like like Jeff. I, I didn't work in hospitality, but I worked in politics, which is also a very gay uh, environment. Uh, and and uh, my boss was a closeted at the time closeted uh, gay man. Uh, politician uh, half my colleagues were gay it was a, it was just very I was living in London it's a very open gay friendly city uh, especially when I moved there uh, certainly when I moved there was you know early 2000s uh, it's even more so now um, so yeah that's that's my journey but I, I really feel like it's always been there I've always known it uh, it's just been a process of accepting it and yeah taking it to yeah, places where I feel happy Mm. So, you know, the, this is just leading into some really, really interesting questions for me. One of which is, you know, why, 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 why was that journey so hard? But then, the and the, and the follow up question is, is how different do you think it is today? So, you know, um, to to Chris or, or Jeff, you know. Um, yeah, what what when when you were when you were in that process of discovering your sexuality, you know, what was what what was do you remember the society's perception or society's general view of homosexuality? And and how do you and and yeah, where do you think we are at now? Is there a difference? And and if so, what do you think it is? Jeff, do you want to have a crack at that? Yeah, why not? Um I think well I think Coming out in Melbourne, I think, was a lot easier than coming out in Christchurch or Auckland back in the day. Um, so I think, obviously, there's a lot more gay nightclubs around um, or it was more accepting in Australia, I think. Um, and I remember when I first had sex with a man, I was absolutely horrified with myself. I was disgusted and I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, so I think that is quite different from what Chris's journey was like. Um, and, and now I think it's society is okay with most of the time, okay with homosexuality and other genders. And, um, well, there's a lot more genders out there than there was when I was around, when I was young, growing up, coming out. So I think the tolerance is much better nowadays mm, mm. so shit i mean that's hearing that piece about being horrified at yourself you know that kind of really <laughs> wow i mean you know that that's quite a um i i can imagine that you, you well what what's that like reflecting back on it now you know and why do you think that that was the case Uh, I think 
when I, when I just brought back some memories of Fiji that I, um, that I didn't like. Um, I was sexually assaulted in Fiji when I was about 17 um, by another man. Um, and I don't really talk about that because I don't like to talk about it. Um, but I think it's part of my journey and who I've become. Um, I think that when I first had sex with a man again, it brought back those memories. Um, and I think sometimes it still does. I still think about that day quite often. And, you know, it's quite, I think it's who I am now. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, man. That, <clears throat> it's a real brave piece of honesty. And also, it, <laughs> yeah, it gives, um, gives some real insight, actually. Um, so, uh, I mean, Chris, you know, in, in terms of for you, what's um what what you know same question in a way to you you know what, what how do you think society's changed and evolved from back when when you and you know and also why, why do you think it was that there was that real challenge for you in in, in claiming your sexuality back then and, and how do you think um kids are younger people are nowadays with it mm. I, I think a lot of it depends on where where you know, we talk about society, but there, you know, there, there are there are so many such huge differences. I, I, I you know, uh, let's talk about Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the kind of what those Western countries. I think the situation there is very different compared to where it is, how it is in in Hungary, in Poland, uh, in Indonesia, in you know, in actually most other places in the world. Um, my experience uh, growing up, uh, so I was born in 1978. I was a, a young, you know, pre-teenager by the time I was 1990. I think in the early 90s, things in Belgium started to shift a little bit. Uh, there was more visibility of openly gay men, especially openly gay women, actually, uh, uh, in Belgium at least, which uh, who, who were very popular and who uh, kind of beat some of the stereotypes uh, that, that people may have had. Um, the stereotypes that I grew up with in the 80s were very much TV presenters that I would absolutely not want to identify with at that point uh, because they were super camp, very effeminate. They were the, the, the brand of gay men that was palatable, I think, to uh, the audiences back then uh, because they fitted exactly these stereotypes. Uh, that, uh, and and I, I just never wanted to be like that. And I knew that from a very young age. And uh, yeah, and you, you hear these casually homophobic things all over. You would hear them, you know, you would hear them in school. You, I'm sure my parents would have, would have said, you know, think not necessarily homophobic, but very kind of like, oh, you know, you gotta be a man, stop crying, stop being a pussy, you know, little things like that. You really, you know, you internalize that. Also realizing I had a, I have a sister, how attracted I was to playing with her <laughs> Barbie dolls. And knowing at that point even that, no, I mustn't do that. I can't do that. But I really want to do that. It was this forbidden fruit. And my grandmother would let me. My mum would let me. My dad would kind of not, try not to bat an eye, although he made some comments. <laughs> no, you know it's so wrong, but you want to do it. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's just this casual homophobia, lack of visibility, uh, legislation that that you know tells you that you're you're you know you, you you can't do certain things you can't you know you know get married 
I went to Catholic boys school, um, which was actually quite interesting because the I, felt, I always felt it was quite a liberal school. Um, we had four, I wouldn't say openly gay teachers, but everybody knew they were gay and they were always hanging out with each other and, and they were pretty, you know, okay with things. And I think that that was actually very helpful. Uh, but they're teachers, so of course you're not going to identify with them as a, as a teenager. But it was it was good to have that visibility. Um, and in terms of how things are different, I think things are very different now. You know, you look at programs like RuPaul's Drag Race, which is such a hit. Even you know, not just for gay gay people, which is all about you know people dressing up and 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 uh, and in drag, and how playful it is and how positive it all is. And you know, these are the messages now that kids grow up with. Uh, no, sorry, it's, it's not all kids, obviously, uh, a lot of kids uh, in, in the areas that we live in. And that's a very different message uh, to get than I think what, what we, you know, what me and Jeff used to get. Plus also, sorry, not to not, not take over here, but let's not forget 80s, 90s, uh, the, the AIDS crisis, uh, the stigma that was attached to being gay, to having sex with other men, the danger that it involved, the death, the the yeah, it was it it was a it, yeah, it's, it's a horrible time, you know. Um, so yeah, I um, remember just thinking about the AIDS crisis and things. I remember my mum when I came out, just burst into tears, and she and I was like, you know, oh, she was thought that I was going to die of AIDS, as when when I came out, it was, that was how she percepted had her perception of gay men. That was what society was all about then. That was I was going to die. So yeah, yeah. And actually, just picking up on what Jeff said, I think society as a whole, and this isn't just a gay thing. I think that the world that we live in have become much more sex positive and much more welcoming and curious and playful around different types of sex. And um, there's much less of a stigma, there's much less uh, shame, I think. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and, and, and that's partly also because, you know, HIV luckily is, is, is now a very treatable condition. Uh, and um, yeah, luckily so. Yeah, thanks for bringing this aspect of uh... The gay experience up right it's like the, the disgraceful claims around the, at the time of the gay plague as if it was somehow about gay people it just blows my fucking mind and i wasn't even you know involved in it so i'm, I'm just sort of really sorry that that for what it's worth that that, that you know to experience that and what that how that would have impacted how you wanted to show up and you know your own parents kind of being worried about your own livelihoods it's insane there's something I want to draw back to as well. Um, and something, Chris, you sort of talked about wanting to play with Barbies, right? Like as if that makes you gay. It, it, it's not actually about being gay for me. There was kind of, I want to be able to do these things that a man shouldn't be allowed to do. <clears throat> and so my question is, you know, having listened to this podcast, hopefully either of you, <laughs> we're talking about like, you know, man reimagined. No, okay. Now we're talking about man reimagined and, and what, the experience of a man is today right and so what it means to be a man and the expectations of what it uh, means to be a man are changing etc etc and so wh what do you make of you know what we're talking about you know the, how does that impact you like the, the society's uh, expectations of what it means to be a man changing and how 
Uh, we have to show up in different ways. This strong man image that I'm sick and tired of, you know, like, and, and how that sort of has defined us for so long. Like, what do both of you make about that? I mean, does being gay have any impact on that? Like, I'm, I'm curious as to uh, the, the society's image of a man and, and what you think about this kind of thing. And who wants to jump in there? Um, I, th I think, Rich, it's... Um... For me, it's as a as a, a, a man. I like men being a man. Um, I like the. I don't like the cleany guys or um, the ones that are way out gay, um, so to speak. Um, I like, I, yeah, I just like a man being a man. You know, get in the garden, get your hands dirty, and. Um, that sort of stuff that's the stuff that i like as well so i'm attracted to that as a a man being a man if that makes sense i don't know um <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah so this i think this is a this is a really interesting point um i i in terms of my own attractions i i think maybe i'm a little bit more fluid um I, physically i like a man being a man as well uh i like <laughs> I like hair um but when it comes to mannerisms <laughs> i'm not i'm not so bothered i'm not it doesn't it doesn't a guy who's effeminate it doesn't uh, it, i'm just quite neutral towards it um and i think but it's a discussion that's very lively as well in the gay community as to um, what 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 constitutes a man and what doesn't, uh, and we tend to either uh, we tend to force others, uh, other other gay gay men or queer men, to categorize themselves, or we categorize ourselves. You know, you either, you know, whatever you're you're. A, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything at the moment. You're a bear, or you're an otter, or you're a wolf, or you're you know, usually use <laughs> like these cuddly. Uh, um, um, uh, animal uh, names, but there's a lot of pressure, and I think there's a lot of confusion as well. What does it constitute? What, what does a man? You know, what do you need? What do we need to do to be masculine? Um, I did a workshop um, uh, a few years ago, and it was I've done lots of workshops, and lots of them have been uncomfortable, but this one was probably the worst. And it was um, it was a, it was a, uh, it was all about your you know drag and 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 showing your effeminate side and. And I, I felt it was incredibly, incredibly difficult to, to, to touch in with that side of myself, the more feminine, the campness. The, uh, and it was in a very safe environment with lots of other guys, uh, gay guys. And, and still, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I felt really stiff and wooden and self-conscious. And that's just, yeah, 40 years worth of internalizing what uh, a man is supposed to look like and supposed to act like. Um, yeah, it's it's I I'm I'm not really out of that one yet. Like I don't know what being a man for me represents, which is why I think it's it's so interesting to that you guys are doing this podcast and and the men's groups that I've attended as well to see that it's not just gay men struggling with this. It's straight men as well, who really yeah. What does it even mean? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Look, that's um. That was a really great piece that that in the end there, Chris. You know, that, you know, that the, the, to realise, I think, 
that um you know that that there's there's commonality across gen- gender and sexuality right like a th- so one of the things that i've always been really curious about because um you know in the past in the past i probably had about 10 years of my life where you know i, I was very explorative and slept with a lot of men and you know i i often in in a lot of occasions i i would i considered myself to be bisexual to a degree or at least I, I labeled myself as that um and but I, I mean i think it was as much that i was just really comfortable exploring stuff i don't i don't quite know i, I wouldn't have a label for because it's been a long time since i've been with a man i've been married and um and, and a good daughter and and all those kinds of things but but one of the things that i really noticed when i was going through that period is just how rare it seemed to me that there were um bisexual men it was like it seemed like there were a lot of women who would label themselves as bisexual but men it was like you're either gay or you're straight and it seemed like there was very few in between and and even to this day it feels as if um men men struggle with this um particularly uh you know, straight men, but I think men in general, we seem to kind of chunk ourselves. Would, would you agree? Like, what's your experience there in terms of guys who are um, bisexual or, or have this, uh, you know, a more kind of fluid in terms of their sexuality? And, and why do you think it is that it, it's more difficult for, for, well, why is it more difficult, do you think, for men to have sexual experiences with men? Why are we, what are we so scared of, do you reckon? And Jeff, I think um, I think maybe because they don't want to be classed as a gay man. Um, they're married, they've got kids, um, so they do that on the side. They go to the gay saunas, and um, then they'll go home and think nothing of it, or they'll just pretend it's just not in there heads anymore or things like that i think um and i think that's also maybe part of society still that doesn't accept bisexual men or more or gay guys that or guys that think they can't come out anymore because they're married and all that sort of stuff maybe well almost it's kind of it's almost a little bit like you know, I, it's completely okay to be gay except for me, or it's okay yeah. for other, yeah, yeah that kind of, so it's still, it, it kind of implies that, that there's still a lot of shame or, or something isn't there, you know, around, I mean, even thinking about your, your first experience with the, with the man, Jeff, and, and I, I can remember mine and feeling awfully confused and, and until I kind of got over a little bit, but yeah, the shame still seems to be a big piece. What's your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I think also that there's a bit of labeling sometimes within the gay community. If if somebody says they're bisexual, then often the first response they're gonna get is like, yeah, but you're probably gay, but you just to to you know you just haven't acknowledged it yet, or you 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 you. I think there's a there's a there's a there's a belief there that somebody who says they're bisexual is on the way to finally admitting that they're gay, and and that's partly because most of us gay guys when we come out we tell we come out by telling people oh we're bisexual really 
Um, so it's kind of the first stage for, for not for all of us, but but for certainly in my case, it was it was like that. Um, I think I do wonder though, like, and this is purely anecdotally because I, I am not a young gay guy. Um, I don't actually know that many young gay guys, but from what I hear, uh, I think uh, men in general, uh, certainly in our parts of the world, seem to be more open to experimenting and to be playful and not to pinpoint themselves into being either gay or straight and just exploring. And it seems a little bit more acceptable, I think, in in the younger generation. Uh, acceptable, almost welcomed as part of yeah which i think is a good thing um mm. yeah that, that's a great thing i mean it's interesting eh? i mean in part you know what we, we we with this podcast we're very interested in that 30 to 55 age group in part because it feels as if below that under under 30 that, that there does seem to be quite a big generational split and this sexuality absolutely feels like a big one around that big split so it's interesting to hear you say that as well actually sorry just to, to, to pick up on that my favorite label now these days is straight ish i think that kind of <laughs> give us a bit more straight ish <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i identify straight but you know occasionally i'll try other things you know i've heard this a few times and i like it i think it's great you know it gives enough space to explore and to yeah, invent and play. Mm. Straight-ish. I think, um, yeah, I probably, back in the day, I, I would, that would have been a great one for me on, on straight-ish. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the... Um, you know, as Rich talked, you know, that we with this man reimagined in the podcast. I mean, <clears throat> one of the, you know, so thinking forward, this idea of, you know, what we're looking to just to grow our gender, if you like, like grow our our knowledge, grow our emotional intelligence, and and I mean, thinking about this, the the relationship that we have with with um, homosexuality as a gender. I mean, if you guys had a wish, what would that, what would that be, do you think? Sorry, Michael, a wish in regards to... What? A wish for how we... Is there anything that we need to... What would you like to see change? Or is there, is there a path that you'd like to see us grow into and step into a little bit more as men? And so I'm not talking about a society so much. I'm talking about as men, and this is for all men. So, you know, straight, gay, uh, bisexual, straight-ish, however you want to call it. Have a go, Chris. Um... I would okay. So uh, I would say um, I'm not sure how to formulate this, so I'm just going to freestyle here. But a, a, a wish, a, a wish, and more courage to raise one's self-awareness and to question preconceptions of what it's like to be a man uh, or what's expected of us. Um, a willing to a willingness to explore therapy uh group work um talking to other men being vulnerable um a curiosity towards that 
uh, rather than the than a, than a, um, than being really attached to a particular definition of what is like to be a man. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, Chris, you've just said in similar words to the things that we've been screaming out for every single time we've got on this podcast and, you know, anytime that anyone will listen to us in our personal lives as well. Like, that's beautiful. So you've just said exactly what um, we believe is, is really, really important. You know, thank you. Um, Jeff, don't feel any pressure, but can you, can you add to that? <laughs> um, I've just been shaking my head going, absolutely. It's um, just... Uh, also that you know not all gay men gay men want to sleep with straight men also <laughs> um <laughs> we're not always like that uh, um but yeah definitely <laughs> definitely more workshops and vulnerable being vulnerable to um just yeah just i think it's also yeah just everything that we're, what um chris was saying it's just perfect yeah Something for me, like the word came up maybe a couple of minutes ago, but uh, this word solidarity, like there's so much we have in common <laughs> as men, you know, it's like you choose to sleep with men, I choose to sleep with women or, or, or a mixture of all of these things. It's so like the least interesting thing about us. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so, and I want to know your experience and I want you to know about mine, right? But there's just there's the word solidarity springs out from what we all seem to want from each other as men moving forward not got a question there i just uh, wanted to drop that in yeah it's uh i think it's like for me especially because most of my friends are females um that i have at, at my life at the moment so just um more men friendships with men that would help me with my journey that's um with at where i am at, at the moment for me yeah mm. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And I, you know, there's one thing that actually a question for you that that um, that has come up because we we did that podcast around fatherhood just recently, and 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 I noticed that you know one of your um, posts on Facebook was, you know, how you would have loved to have been a dad, <clears throat> um, and but how uh, that was unable to happen because of of being being a gay man well in your age i mean it, it might be different now i mean do you want to do you want to maybe speak to that a little bit just because um you know just just to what what your what your thoughts and experiences are around um around that wanting to be a dad and, and being gay yeah sure sure um I, I, it's totally different now i think any person can have kids nowadays um but when i was growing up in my 20s and 30s there was just i wouldn't be allowed to have a child um as a gay man um with the new zealand laws i think i still think it's that same way now um wow uh but you know if, if i i would have loved to have kids um because i think that I would have been a great dad and I, with my siblings, they've all got kids and I miss, I miss out on that sort of stuff with bringing up children um, and being a dad, I'm an uncle and that's all I am. Um, so I find that really difficult. 
find, especially at Christmas time when you go down, when we go down to the batch, um, there's me and then there's all my siblings with their um, partners and their kids. So I find that I love it, but I get sad at the same time because I don't have any of what they have. I, I've missed out on that in my life. And if I could change that, then I certainly would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think right, it's, yeah. it's just, it was really, it was just, it's just really hard, you know, it's, um, I've not been able to do something that I would have liked to have done, being a person, being the person I am, being a gay man. And 20, 30 years ago, it was not seen to be done. Yeah. Yeah. That breaks my heart. I just want to like, just as a man who wants kids himself and, and still has that option, right? But just to to imagine, uh, empathize with where you're at. Like I'm, I'm almost don't want to talk for a bit. I'm just really, I feel that heaviness, man. And I'm just, again, I'm super sorry that that's, that was a reality for you. And there's something to shift, right? In, in, our, in our consciousness and society and then how we fucking deal with just such a simple difference in life. That's just, you know, that just breaks yeah. my heart for you, man. I'm really sorry. Yeah, it, it, it's fine. It's just, um, you know, and if, if again, I, if I wouldn't have chosen to be gay if I wasn't, um, because I would have been married with kids and um, all that sort of stuff 30, 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just so different um, being a gay man, I think. Um, maybe not so much now with it's being more acceptable and things like that, but. 20, 30 years ago, it was pretty hard. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and likewise, Jeff, I'm, I'm really sorry to, 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 to hear that. And I just want to, I guess, add to that as well, that I think, you know, gay parents in general are awesome parents. And uh, that's no sly on straight parents, but it's, you know, the hoops that gay or queer parents have to jump through to to get to the point where they can adopt or have you know surrogates are so enormous uh the financial requirements all of that the requirements that are there before they even get to the point of having kids means that they are 100 percent certain that that kid is there because they wanted it there as opposed to just you know, accidentally scrambling their dna's together and ending up uh, uh, so i think yeah and, and so I'm, I'm sorry to hear your your you know that, that you weren't able to do that Jeff um, and luckily things are changing I have changed in, in, in a lot of countries uh, my, my experience is very different like I've, I've always known that I, I wasn't going to have kids it was never an option I never considered it an option I would never want to have kids I'm really happy I don't have kids um, I would have not sure if I would have made a great dad I, I like my life as it is and the freedom that I have not having a kid um, but uh, yeah that's certainly not taking away from the wish that lots of other uh, gay men and gay women have. Um, and, and the fact that, yeah, like I said, we make great parents. Absolutely. I mean, I actually, it's interesting. We've got, I've got a number of friends in, who now who are gay, um, with the gay men who have got, um, friends, le- lesbian partnered friends who have had had kids, and so that you've kind of like these kids have had four four parents, 
two two women in it and it's like what a how how like what a what an abundance of parenthood it just seems like an absolute an actual gift really <laughs> more than anything else um yeah it, it's such a big one i'm i'm jeff yeah i mean i've you and i've like i said i've known each other a long time and and i yeah i i really feel that and i feel you know i think that for me highlights some of the you know hearing you speak just the you know the 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 pain i think that the the healing that we've got still got to do as a society right and i think you know this what this brings up for me is is you know there's a, there's a healing around around our past transgressions with the gay community and it just just like there is with the um with with women and the and 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 the the healing that needs to go there it just kind of shows again that there are these we've got these old wounds that um you know while while things that might be changing now and they're different it doesn't mean that the wounds go away and um and and hearing hearing you you speak jeff and, and both and both of you christian sharing your story it really it just reconfirms that you know the healing is an ongoing process you know that we, i think i i'm really keen to be a part of that that journey of healing and and this this conversation feels like it's actually been a really healing conversation besides giving us lots of um juicy information <laughs> all right so um i think we might as well head into the kind of start to head in towards the wrap-up um and and I think what I'd like to do in terms of a wrap up is just kind of throw the ball to to you, Chris and Jeff. And and is there anything that you would like to say as a as a way of wrapping this conversation up? And it <clears throat> could be a, a little antidote, a little story, or or something you know something you want to share, or it could be you know a little heartfelt request to people. I, I don't know, whatever it might be. I'm just going to let the let the ball drop into your court and you guys take it wherever you like who would like to start i just wanted to it, it, it's a, it's answering this question and a previous question as well about the wish and i think i think it was jeff who mentioned solidarity and i really think that's a great word i i i wish for more solidarity within the gay community and with gay men in particular and less judgment and less name calling and shaming and uh more emotional support for each other um because it's a topic that comes up a lot whenever i uh, have coaching clients gay coaching clients uh, one of the key topics that comes up is a, a lacking belonging a sense of connection and a, a sense of being part of something bigger and i think a lot of us when we come out we think you know we've been hiding in the shadows in the, in the closet for so long and all of a sudden we're going to step onto this dance floor and everybody's you know, welcoming us, and actually, the reality of that is not is not the case. Uh, it's a it's a it's a jungle out there. I think as a, as a as a gay man, when it comes to connecting with other gay men, sometimes, and I think, yeah, a bit more support, a bit more um, acknowledgement of emotional needs. Um, there's a lot of um, I think statistically much more um, um, mental health issues among gay men than there are among you know the the, the wider cohort of men. And that's a, it's a real issue, um, you know, not, not to leave, uh, not to finish on a, on a bad note here, being on drug abuse, uh, suicide, uh, addictions of any sorts, it's uh, more prevalent. Uh, and it shows that there's still, you know, there's still issues 
um, yeah, still a lot of issues to be addressed for us mm. to be fully accepted. And, yeah Th thanks chris i actually hearing that last but that sounds like you know that was really good to hear that that information there because i wasn't aware of that so thanks for sharing that man i really appreciate it jeff yeah um, it's, it's, i have to totally agree with chris as well i think but also with uh straight men as well more understanding on on their side as well of of emotions and um you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay, um, and I know Malcolm, you you do that quite often as well, and um, show your emotions very well. But a lot of men in general don't, um, and hold it all in. It's, it's society needs to, you know, or men just in general just need to let let it go every now and then, and, and it's yeah, just be it's okay, and talk more. Absolutely. A host to that conversations like this and let it go. So here's here's a here's a question to finish on. Is it true that gay men are much better dancers than straight men? And why is that? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely right. I totally it's all agree. about it's all about being able to let it go. You, you you've got to really let it go to dance properly. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in my job, I see um, that we have lots of events at my job and um, you, you can just tell the straight men just don't know how to dance and the gay guys do. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in for a sec just to, you know, back that up. <laughs> Not just because I don't know how to dance, but um, my experience of going to Barcelona to a, a huge festival back in 2003 it was, and we were hanging out with this gay guy and he took us to this club called Marlene, Marlene Dietrichs, it was. And I just, I just it blew me away, like how much fun everyone was having and how open everyone was. Like the clubs in England, you know, you just kind of eyes down Friday night, you just kind of watch out, don't stare at that guy. And it's all a bit sort of stiff and the fun and the openness. And I was just like, take me to more of these places, please. <laughs> There's just such a sense of liberation, you know? And yes, you can dance better, fine. Um, <laughs> well and good, right? We're just wow like thank you like and i'm getting excited now but there's a book i read years ago as a former dj or budding dj called last night a dj saved my life and it just took us through a, a whole history of, of music from like pretty much the 50s and, and how dj culture evolved and all of the good stuff came from gay culture all of the evolutions in music in in great things happening through disco garage like all of this stuff it all came through gay culture and it was just a really clear lesson to me even back then like this is where it's at there's this and so i'm also i'm interested to uh, i was interested to hear chris reflect on how there wasn't so much of a sense of belonging sometimes well there isn't you know and that how part of you is also going hey we also need to kind of show up and support each other so there's the glamorized potentially sort of version of of uh, what gay culture looks like but then there's also the reality of like hey we're all men here that also need to still learn to support each other and what jeff said is and we also want to connect more to straight men and, and understand their experience and vice versa so there's so much has been shared in this conversation that's just really lit me up actually um honesty like real vulnerability in your shares and and it's been educational for me as well so thank you kindly and i'm just inspired to kind of just somehow connect with more gay men you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> where are you talk to me this is this is beautiful so um thank you 
maybe just to end on a on a on a very light note here like we may be better dancers but we also do have a lot more sex than straight men <laughs> now uh, we're doing something wrong here we're doing something wrong we've we've messed it all up well <laughs> yeah well I have, I have to say that that was part of the one of one of the one of the journeys for me in the 90s when i was doing all that was that i realized that i could get a lot more sex in 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 a, in it by going out to a gay club than i ever could get by going out to a straight club that was an absolute truth of reality <laughs> The funny thing is, I don't actually think that's a that's a that's a gay thing. That's just a man thing, and you know, it's an access accessibility thing. So yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Look, I just want to I want to thank you, Chris and Jeff, for uh, for this conversation. It's been it's been absolute gold, and um, you know uh. uh yeah, your your heartfelt vulnerability and openness has just been beautiful. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and um. And I look forward to um, having few more, more conversations and more, more playful conversations with you guys in the not too distant future. Yeah, Once sounds more. good. And thank, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having, for having us. Yeah, thank you guys. And just to finish off uh, before you uh, go to the next podcast or whatever you guys are doing, if you found value in this podcast, this episode, please take a moment to rate us, uh, share everything just you know, promote us so that we can actually continue to get this message out there. There's no financial benefit in it for us. Just you know, just help us get this message and, and these amazing conversations out there. It'd be really cool. Chris, Jeff, thank you kindly once more. Mal, say a big goodbye, and then we'll uh, wrap this up. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, Ciao, everyone. Uh, See you next week. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Malcolm Nichols. And I'm Richard Ayling. And this is Man Reimagined, a podcast where we, as men, attempt to reimagine ourselves in the 21st century. How can we respond to the big questions that we're facing, both within ourselves and within society, and make sense of this ever-changing world? We don't have all the answers, but we do want to create a conversation. So join us moving forward as a man reimagined. From this week's podcast, if there's been anything that's inspired you, challenged you, or simply left you wanting more, then please reach out to Richie and Mal via their Facebook page, Man Reimagined. Just like you, we're trying to get a handle on all of these issues and topics, so the more we're able to share and talk about them, I think the better off we're all going to be. Until next time, catch you later.